I like that line that I trade these ashes in for beauty and I wear forgiveness like a crown. And, um, you know, just thinking about myself coming up here to bring a message to you this morning, I trade these ashes, this, this stuff that I might have for beauty, that I just lay it at his feet and wear forgiveness like a crown, that, that Jesus would be the one that we lift up today and that he would be seen and that we'd go home and say, gosh, we just met Jesus. And uh, we traded in our ashes for beauty. And we're walking out of here wearing forgiveness as a crown because of what he's done for us. Let's pray. Father, I just give this message to you, this time to you. And Father, would you, as you've been speaking to me, continue to speak to me. But Lord, we came in this morning in the snow and a little bit of ice maybe and and Father, we, we got in here, we've fellowshiped, we've shared, we've prayed, we've sang, we've worshipped. And now, Lord, we came because we want to hear from you. Heaven is opened up, and Father, your word is living and active. And Father, come and speak to us. And we don't want to be uninformed. We don't want to be left in the dark. We don't want to be without teaching or any misunderstanding about spiritual matters. And Father... Would you continue as we come from last week's teaching and, Father, continue to fill us up with more, Lord, and open up our hearts and minds that we might be strengthened, that we might go deeper with you and discover more of you. And, Father, we trust that as we live in your presence, as we strive after knowledge of you, Lord, that, Father, we are going to be able to speak truths to one another because we're so full of truths, so full of your love and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. i got one more, one more Sunday here, as you know. And uh, last Sunday, as we got into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I felt like we needed to come back today to that. And next week, well, at least in my mind right now, I'd like us to, to uh, step into Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16, which is a, some theme verses for me as a minister. And I, and I know for, for Calvary Alliance Church, when I first candidated over five years ago, that it just resonated with the, the leadership that, that Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16 was at the heart of the discipleship ministry here, the edifying, the building up. So we'll look at that next week. But um, this idea of spiritual matters uh, for today, last week I left off where we were talking about the, the prophetic ministry, the, the prophecy, if you will, speaking prophetically. And um, so I, I said, let's come back to that, and here we are. Well, it's quite a subject, and it can go all kinds of directions. Now, I don't know what you thought when you heard that idea of, oh, let's come back to the prophetic ministry next week. Did you went, well, I won't show up? Or did you, or did you say, you know, I think then it's going gonna, it's gonna to go off on this direction. It's gonna, we're going to talk about uh, what they call eschatology, which is the study of end times, the prophetic word, and the, what the Bible teaches about end times. 
And I want to suggest to you, and I just, ask, I just put this out there, is that where your mind went, or did it go somewhere else? Now, I had, I had, some, I had some contact with some of the folks, and I've got to tell you, just in my own experience, not just here in mine, not, not here at Calvary Alliance, but wherever I've served, whenever we mention a prophetic, there is the tendency for folks to go to eschatology. And like, oh, great, we're going to talk about end times. We're going to talk about all the predictions and the, or what, what we should be looking for up in, in the north and Russia and China and, and, and then all these, all these people that speak on, the, on YouTube now that talk about end times. And, and, and you, I think that's where a lot of folks do go. Now, maybe that's not true. But I want, to, I want to share something with you here. I brought in a little book, which I will not read to you because you can, you, I, I can barely see the print from up close. You can't see that at all. Look at all the pages in this book. This is Herbert Lockyer. He's with the Lord now, has been for 40 years or more. And he uh, took on the challenge of writing about prophecy. Well, he ended up, as he, in, the, in the introduction, saying that as he looked at the subject, he realized that he didn't have long enough to live because he was already 80 years old. He didn't have long enough to live to write all about prophecy. So what he chose to do was write a, a book on all the messianic prophecies of the Bible, all the messianic prophecies of the Bible. And in here are 17 chapters Full and it, it, it is an incredible teaching. If you want to get this book and you want to do a deep study, now you know how many chapters cover eschatology? One, one out of 17 chapters. So, I'm not trying to put down that teaching, put down folks that get excited about that, because as we looked last week, the there, God wants to gift the church with various giftings and then pour into, a, into an individual a passion for something, a divine inspiration. And so those who are divinely sort of inspired to study eschatology and teach it to the church, embrace that. But don't get the idea that it's the only thing that, that prophecy is about. What I want to talk to you this morning about as we look at this gift of prophecy is suggest to you that yes, there is a gift of prophecy that God gives to, a particular, to particular individuals just as he gives other gifts, gifts of teaching, apostle, evangelist, pastor, teacher, um, helps, service, administration, all the gifts that are mentioned and there's many of them mentioned the prophecy is one of those that some, like myself, am called to preach the gospel and proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming God's truths, proclaiming all the messianic prophecies of the Bible because all the way through the Bible from the old to the new, is, it, it's, it's, it's all about trying to talk about and educate us and inspire us about Christ. It is the message of salvation in Christ. And so I know that I believe I've been called, I've had it affirmed by others, to preach this book. And, and it, 
it behooves us that if we're called to that, we have to bury ourselves in the book. We have to be like Herbert Lockyer said him when I prayed, we have to choose to live in his presence and strive after the knowledge of the truth, and then we get filled up with that. But here's what I want to suggest to you. I'm going to read the scripture in a sec. I want to suggest to you that every one of us, every one of you, God would want to use in a prophetic way to speak to others that either don't know God, uh, Christ yet or they do know Christ and they're, they're trying to grow up in their faith. They're discouraged or they're on fire and you with your prophetic ministry can speak into their lives. When, when we understand this, the church becomes so much more enriched and the weakness of the church is when we don't understand it and we don't realize that God wants to use us, each of us, not separate, separating out of the specific gifts that he gives you that as he wills to do it, all of us, I, I, I'm convinced from what I see in Scripture, are to be used of God in the ministry, in the prophetic ministry. Let's read this, 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm reading from a New King James, where he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, and remember we talked about that gifts isn't in the original right there, so spiritual matters or spiritual persons or special abilities is what he's trying to say there. I don't want you to be ignorant. So that's why we're looking at this today. He doesn't want any of us to be ignorant about this stuff we're going to read today. He says, you know that, that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Truly say that he is Lord. Except then the Holy Spirit has come in and changed your life and you go, man, he's the master and he is Lord. And then he says, so there are diversities of gifts. In other words, allotments of various kinds of the charismata, the charisma, the, the gifts. But it's the same spirit. God sent his spirit, remember? He poured out his spirit. He fills us with the spirit. He, he baptizes us in the spirit. And he gives us gifts, various allotments. And you're allotted this and you're allotted that. But I want to suggest to you, I hope and pray, I, I'm convinced myself and maybe you can go through this and think through this, that when it comes to prophecy, not the gift in terms of that special divine gift to preach the gospel and teach, but we're all called to have this prophetic type of ministry. So he says there's diversities, various kinds of allotments. And then there's differences of ministries. That is the ministries there is like the, where the root of the deaconess, the service, the waiting on tables. Um, it's, um, that, 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 that's what that's there for. And then there are diversities of activities. In other words, that's where God, it's the effect, the operation of the work of the ministry going through your heart and working into the church that God operates that. God is the one. He's the master. 
It's not something that I do or anyone else does or any other elder. Whatever, when, when you're serving God, in, in, as we come to the end, in that prophetic type of way, that we must realize that any change that comes about, it's God that's going to perform it, not me. I am simply an instrument, the whole, and you are an instrument that the Holy Spirit comes, gives you an allotment, gives you a portion for today, a divine favor, this divine will, and boom, through the Holy Spirit, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, he affects, he has the effect on people, on, on effects on your life, and the effects on those that you will speak to or touch. And then he says here, of course, there are diversity of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. He's the one working throughout all this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, we, this isn't about you. One, man, I, one of my professors said, Christianity isn't a lone ranger religion. It's not, you're, not, you're not meant to be on your own. You know, Thomas Merton wrote a book, Man is Not an Island. We need each other. The body, that's why he's talking about we're a body and we're to work effectively together. And then he goes into this, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. And I know we'd love to, I'd love to tackle that. Uh, to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit there again. Who Go home and dig into this to another faith by the same Spirit. We talked about that last week, how faith is actually a gift as well as we're called to have faith. But faith, some people have it greater than others, and they've been given a great allotment of faith to, to help those that are weak. And to another, gifts of healings. Oh, gosh, we need that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can we believe that he still heals? And it's all by the same Spirit. And then to another working of miracles. These are things that you just can't, it, it, you just look at it and go, it's got to be God because that's, that's not natural. And then to another prophecy. And that's where I stopped last week. And the discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. God determines this. The problem is a lot of times in the church and why churches have divided and, and separated, first of all, is the belief, first of all, that the, these gifts aren't for today. They, they've, they disappeared when the, the apostles died. Well, when the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, God hasn't changed. God is the same. Now, can we trust him in that? And that he distributes it. The other way, churches have, churches have split. Family members have split. Families have divided. We've, we, we have, um, and this has been ever since the Christian Mission Alliance was birthed as a denomination over 100 years ago. And it's over this gift of tongues. It's over the actual speaking in another language, in a godly language, in a prayer language. There's, there's languages and then there's prayer languages. And it's like, no, that doesn't happen today. And also it's split over the fact that, wait a minute, if you don't have, you don't speak in, this, in these tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. The, so that's where 
we as a denomination have taken the stance that no, that is that speaking in tongues, yes, it is for today, but it's only an evidence, not the evidence. And it, the evidence that you filled is you, you're going to experience an allotment from God, a divine allotment to serve in his church, and that might be simply service. And I say simply reverently, without any putting it down here and putting somebody up here. If that's where God's called you and you operate in that, oh, hallelujah, you will be most satisfied and blessed. But you may never speak in tongues, but somebody in the church might. And when somebody in the church speaks in tongues and there's an interpretation, we all get to benefit from that. One lady came to, and I've, I mentioned this, I know I've mentioned this since I've been here. One lady came to a Canadian pastor, well, he's actually an Englishman ministering in Canada, and she said, Pastor, I don't have the gift of tongues. And uh, he said, well, go home and pray about it. She went home and prayed about it. She came back and said, no, I, I don't. I tried. I've asked God. And, she, and he said, well, does anyone in your church have the gift of tongues? He says, yes. He said, then you have it. She said, how's that, to, how's that supposed to work out? Well, because you're one body. And if someone in the body has it, you all have it. And, and she went, ah, she never thought of it like that. Have you ever thought of it like that? See, when someone has a particular gift in the body, we all have it. We all get blessed by it. The body functions well. So that's a long introduction to get to, to, get to prophecy. To get to prophecy. The way I'm understanding it and the, and the way I'd like to send you home praying about it. And I, I'll, to, to understand that, I want you to jump down to 1 Corinthians 14. And um, where, where, where now Paul is trying to teach about this idea of the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy and, and what's most important. And, and because the Corinthians had all these gifts, but they were sort of out of control with it. And so he was trying to give them some guidance. And he says in 14.1, he says, I want you to pursue love. And I want you to desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. You see, when we speak in a tongue, it's, a, it, it's something supernatural. It, 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 it's something God-given. And it's a, it's a way of worshiping God. It's speaking to God. He says, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So someone can speak in tongues, but they're, and they're speaking mysteries, and it's like, what is he talking about? I don't know. And as long as that's going on without interpretation, it, it's not good because it doesn't edify the body. The manifestation is for all the church to receive blessing from it. But he says, verse 3, but he who prophesies, and this is the verse I want to focus on this morning. He who prophesies speaks, and these are key words here, edification, excitation, and comfort to men. Now we need to just read the next couple of verses just for the sake of the scriptures here. But he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. 
but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So that's another broad topic. We're not going to touch on that this morning, but I want to touch on this idea that the prophetic ministry is, yes, it's a gift and given to some, and just like faith is a gift given to some, the way they have a superabundance of faith, and yet we're not saved without faith. So we all have to have some measure of faith. So when it comes, when it comes to prophecy, there is the gift of prophecy, which is just, oh man, that divine favor is on a person, and you just go, wow, that's, God is just speaking through that individual for the blessing of all the church. But prophecy is for all of us, this, this particular type. For he who prophesies is speaking to men, is to speak edification, excitation, and comfort to men. Now, let me just give you some. What, what are you doing when you prophesy? You're actually setting forth some matter of divine teaching by, a, by what, what might be called a special faculty. In other words, it's something that God is pouring into you through his Holy Spirit, through his indwelt word, that enables you to bring some divine teaching to a brother or sister. It's also a prophecy is telling forth something to a brother or sister. Now, what are you telling forth? not your own ideas. That's what can happen a lot of times and makes a church family ineffective and weak if, if leadership is telling forth counsel and advice, but it's from their flesh or from their selfish motives rather from the Word of God and the study of God, from the presence of God, the way you've stressed You've striven after knowledge and you've gained it and now you're speaking it. That's prophecy. And so this business of prophecy in the church, if you ever approach me or an elder or anybody, or you go to talk to someone that's lost and you want to give them some encouragement, then get into God's word, fill yourself up with his divine truth and presence, gain the knowledge and you'll be able to speak it as the Holy Spirit leads you into somebody's life. Speak it forth, divinely empowered. Your forthtelling and foretelling. Now go home and Google that. You are revealing the message of Christ to the person that needs to hear the message of Christ that day. And there's the order in here that Paul puts is very, very important. The edification first, speak, speak edification. What is that? The prophetic ministry to one another, to a brother or a sister, is yes, it's a divine special faculty, a divine teaching that you've received, that you're speaking forth, divinely empowered, 
but the purpose is, the act is to build another up. It's for the person's spiritual advancement. It's instruction that builds up an individual. You always start with that when you go to speak to somebody. And oh, it's, and if, if you get out of the, your own pre, the presence of God and you get into your own flesh, Oh, you don't do that. You jump right into the next phase, which is excitation. You want to go right there first. Tell them off. Tell them something they need to straighten up, straighten out. And you haven't built a platform of trust. You haven't built a platform like God builds a platform for us. What does God do first? He draws us to him and he says, see the son I sent. Now, he died for you. Stop living the way you live in. The edification, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The excitation is that you're all sinners, saved by grace. And you're going to go to hell if you don't turn. And the comfort is you turn and you'll be saved. So the Excitation, edification, the act of building, spiritual advancement, instruction that builds up an individual. So you've got, first of all, I want to speak forth some revealing message of edifying, building a person up, and then bring something that is going to give them special advancement. It's been to build them up. personal, then the excitation is that personal urging. You're urging them to carry out God's plan. You're warning them if they don't, what's going to happen? And you have, we have to have such a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to know what words to speak. And the only way we get that sensitivity is living in God's presence and buried in his word. Jesus, Jesus tells us these things, and oh gosh, I just got to getting excited about things, and again, I've got to practice what I'm preaching to you is that use the truth. Jesus gave us some instruction to encourage us in this, and he gives us his verses in John 8, 31 and 32. 31 oftentimes is never quoted, but 32 is all the time, but they miss 31. Jesus, he says here, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, listen, do you believe in Jesus? So can I say to you that believe in Jesus, what Jesus said to the Jews that believed? He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. See, disciples in Christ, we have to become disciples first. And then if you abide in his word, that proves that you're a disciple. And then he says, verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, to go and speak some prophetic word to a brother or a sister, it's weakened when we're not free ourselves. Because we're speaking with doubt. We're not speaking with full assurance. 
And so get fully assured by getting in his presence and getting in his word, getting in a Bible study, getting in fellowship, getting in worship, getting with a brother and sister, and it just comes out supernaturally. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You shall know the truth, and you'll be able to set others free. The Holy Spirit has come. You've received a gift. Peter said that each one of you have received a gift. Tim prayed that in the, in the benediction last week, 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11, that each one has received a gift. And he says, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Just think of that. Be a good steward of the manifold, the manifold grace of God. Be a good steward of that and speak it into other people's lives. But have it spoken into you first. Pursue love, he says. Yes, and desire spiritual gifts. We have to do that. But getting past the um, excitation, which is personal urging to, uh, and a warning or to try to encourage people to carry out God's plan. Listen, here's God's plan in the Bible. This is, a, this, is, this is what Christ wants. I'm encouraging you to carry it out. And then that comfort to all men is a consolation. It's delivered with a degree of tenderness. Consolation is always delivered with a de degree of tenderness. Do you know how best to deliver a degree of tenderness to somebody? Look at your own heart in the presence of God and see where you stand in the presence of God. Trade in your ashes for beauty, and then you wear forgiveness like a crown, and then you're ready to do some prophetic ministry because you're going as a good steward of the manifold grace of God. It's a wonderful thing. Moses, Moses said in Numbers eleven twenty nine. he says, Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and the Lord, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Moses spoke that in the Old Testament. Oh, it must have been a cry of his heart. Oh, that all the Lord's people, not just me, Moses, but all the Lord's people, if they would... It, it, <clears throat> if they were all prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all, well, hallelujah. In the New Testament, we're told in Acts 2.16, it says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. It's happened. It's done. He poured out. He's given. Have you received his divine truth? Oh, boy. Uh, so, old Herbert Lockyer says that the Bible gives us the assurance and, and a guarantee that the willingness to discover, to know, and to obey the truth will be rewarded. 
How will it be rewarded? He will pour into you so that you can pour into others. And the healthiest Christian is one that has an input and an output flowing through, not a stagnant pond, but a fresh flowing river. That river, that water that Jesus said that is going to gush out of your belly and be poured out over all people that you're around. The manifestations given for the profit of all. Now, just the little bit that I've shared today, do you think that do you think that God might want to use you in a prophetic way? Are you ready to soak up all you can so that you can pour out all that he's poured into you on those around you, those that need just a word of encouragement? Sometimes it's just a holding of a hand, but God shows you what to do in that. Just a quote from Lockyer, he says, although we may not be prophets in the sense that Isaiah and Jeremiah were, we can speak as from God and for God as they did. As they were sent into the world with a divine message, so Christ sends us out to proclaim his gospel. Ours is the privilege to witness for him with power from him. Let's, let's, let's start operating in this gift. Let's start recognizing that that the greatest gift that we can have, Paul wanted all of us to speak, to prophesy, all of us. Oh, I pray that you all will prophesy. What do you mean, Paul? That you might be filled with the truth and then give it out. Edification, excitation, and comfort, and people will be built up, and it will be done for his glory. I pray in the name of Jesus that uh, we'll leave all this. We'll come back next week, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. But remember, throughout the Bible, this is a book on all the messianic prophecies of the Bible. It's not including all the other prophecies, some other prophecies of the Bible. This is 500 pages of small print, 17 chapters, fantastic teaching, full of the word of God. I want to get more into this. I, 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 as your minister, 25 years preaching the gospel, I have barely scratched the book, barely scratched into the depths of the book. And just a little scratch in the book with the divine power can enable you to do great things because it's not by might right? As, as uh, Zechariah said, not by might nor by strength, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to believe this stuff because it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Let us not be uninformed. Let us not be left in the dark. Let us not be without teaching or misunderstanding about what you would have us know about your spiritual truth and spiritual matters, spiritual abilities, special abilities. Thank you for this word today, Lord. I just give it to you as an offering. I pray people have been 
edified, exhorted, and consoled. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together and close in worship.